You are listening to the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, where you discover management insights and strategies for your successful dental practice. There are also interviews with key people in the industry who have advice and services to help you and your team achieve great success. Welcome to this episode of the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, and today I am joined by my good buddy, in crime, uh, partner in crime, Amina Basile, how are you? Good, Julie, how are you? I'm super well. And today's episode is going to be the first of a few that we do. We don't know how many we're going to do, but there will be a few of them. And what we wanted to share with everybody was we have been doing a lot of investigation into AI and especially ChatGPT and how it can help us be a bit more time efficient and productive with the work that we do. But on that journey, of course, we keep identifying beautiful ways for dental practices to use this as well. Absolutely. Sometimes we just don't know where to start or we don't know how to articulate what to say in a certain fashion and it can really help with that. A really good tool, to starting tool, isn't it? It is. And I heard a great, you know, we do want to say to everybody, we understand that AI has its drawbacks as well as its benefits. And the way I tend to think about it is that it's like the internet. The internet can be used for terrible, terrible things, but the internet can also be used for extraordinarily magnificent things as well. And I think possibly AI fits into that category as well. And what we are helping practices identify is how it can make your outfit, your dental practice, work a little bit more professionally and get a little bit more time efficient and possibly do things that you wouldn't have done before. This was a great quotation that I heard about uh, AI over the last couple of days in a podcast. This person said, and it was more of an entrepreneurial-based podcast, this AI helps entrepreneurs who have to do everything themselves because they're just you know usually in business by themselves and you and I have to do kind of everything ourselves it brings down the amount of time we spend on any task right down so we've got more time to be doing other important things as well or having downtime and the second element is that there are some things that you and I would never even tackle because it's complex or it will take such an enormous amount of time and it enables us to go down those sort of paths as well and incorporate things into our operation that we would not normally Yeah, and I think like a lot of these things, it's how you use it. It's definitely a tool. You also need to use your own brain and, you know, change and think about things. Does this really fit with my values or the way I would want to say that kind of thing? So, yeah, it really comes down to how you use the thing and don't take it all as completely possible and you have to use it that way. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a starting point, a point of inspiration. It gives you a framework to then customise and work it into your own way of doing something. And one of I have heard of one practice that had banned ChatGPT in their practice. And I can only assume that possibly, it may not be true at all, but one of the thoughts could be, oh, no, it's dumbing down the stuff. And I think this is one of the concerns. It's dumbing people down. They don't have to think for themselves anymore. However, I kind of counter that and think to myself, well, how did I learn to read and write and form sentences and learn punctuation and all the things in primary school? How did I learn? 
practice repetition, practice repetition, constantly being exposed to the correct way of spelling, the correct way of formulating a sentence. And it's through that that I learned. And I think when we continually look at uh, ChatGPT for how to get a particular message across in a very elegant way, just through that constant exposure to the more elegant way, I think we'll learn more from that. I think, yeah, it's also more efficient. And for a lot of people nowadays who are working from home, working independently and not getting that collaboration happening with other people in the work team, that this is sort of your collaborating buddy in some ways, yeah, if you like. And when we do collaborate with others, it's wonderful. But there does, there is an element of, incidental chit-chat and things that will happen around that that take up a lot more time. So it could can be really, really efficient. It can be. It can be. So we're going to identify for dental practices out there three of the many ways that you can implement AI into your practice in a very effective way. We're going to start off with three because if we give you too many, there's, you know, how can you implement them all? <laughs> and we may every now and again refer to ChatGPT as Chatty Cathy because that's what we call our team member who is ChatGPT. We call her Chatty Cathy. And so we'll have a little, a couple of examples of how Chatty Cathy can actually help us. So one of the ways where we have identified, which is at a very effective use of ChatGPT, a a version of the AI, one of the elements, one of the services of AI, uh, is through your receptionist in the way they send out emails and letters to patients. And within, now to give you a bit of an example, I've, I've used ChatGPT to give a framework for these three points today, Meany, so we can go into ChatGPT and find out exactly what they say about it. So ChatGPT came back with the problem with email and letter communications with patients is that there is a difficulty maintaining a consistent and friendly tone at times because receptionists are busy all the time. This is one little communication that seems so incidental and insignificant. However, from the patient's perspective, they're reading something that is coming from your practice and you want that message to come across very professional, but also in that engaging, friendly way as well. Yeah, and I think particularly when handling more difficult conversations, sometimes we, it's like, how can I get this message across in a really friendly way um, and be quite diplomatic? And the assistance around that they, does a beautiful job of giving you the idea of how to approach these things. Oh, you're sh- for sure. You think about what are those sort of communications? So you haven't paid your bill yet or you said you are going to come in with your health fund card today but we never saw you. <laughs> Or you keep breaking your appointment times. We really need to, or even from the perspective of your recall is due. And this is the email that we send out or the letter that we send out, or you've got incomplete treatment. And we really do encourage you to come in and get that done. And so being able to, as you say, write an email. And this, I think you and I both do this in, in much the same way. We write the, the bare bones of the email, the message that we want to get across. We don't send it to our person that we're sending it off to just yet. We quickly get chatty Cathy to have a look at it <laughs> they make it sound professional friendly and put that extra tone in it and that very nice messaging in it and then you send that one off and the impression that you're making on the receiver of that communication is so much stronger yeah we don't have to find the words it's 
you know, you're not spending an hour thinking about it, contemplating it. Just get it nutted out and happy with it in minutes. Bang, bang. Exactly. Everything all of a sudden takes, yeah, something minutes and minutes and minutes to possibly generate and be interrupted as just interrupted all the way through to all of a sudden within a few seconds, you've got that beautiful articulate message. And the other thing it said a problem around what Chatty Cathy highlighted as a problem around email and letter communications is the spelling and punctuation errors, which can come across as unprofessional. This is a big common one, you know, as generations move through, the diligence around punctuation and spelling seems to be falling off on the sides a little bit. And with some people, they do read communications and it kind of rubs them off the wrong way when there's a comma placed in the wrong area or a clear spelling error. However, of, uh, Chatty Cathy, ChatGPT, gets rid of that problem as long as you put in it, and, you know, this is one of our hints that will feed into this episode, one of the hints is to make sure that when you are writing this sort of communication, the more detail you give Chatty Cathy, team member, if you were to delegate this to a team member, you would say, oh, you know, obviously we're a dental practice, it's been but we want to have the patient feel a certain way or respond in a certain way or get this particular message across. But we also want it the response worded with UK English spelling, punctuation and grammar. <laughs> That's super important. Otherwise, it seems like we've obviously dragged this information off the internet from somewhere because it's got Zs where we have Ss, etc. Yeah, and we often find in the dental world that a lot of the support staff didn't continue school to a high level or perhaps they weren't particularly academic and it's a frustration for some. So this is a tool to help those people that this is not their area of strength and you don't need to be particularly good at it if you learn to use these tools. But it can then come across as you are good at it because yeah, you've gotten there somehow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Again, we're using it as a tool, not not as the thing that does the thing, as a tool, a starting point that we can then customise that messaging to suit us. And the other hint that we'll put in here as well is whenever you do generate through ChatGPT or Chatty Cathy, whenever you do generate an email or letter correspondence, it will come up with the first classic sentence, which raises alarm bells. This has been generated through AI. And that is that sentence of, I hope this message finds you well. So get rid of that first sentence and put your own way of introducing the, a message uh, into your email or your letter, and that will help uh, get rid of that kind of very chat GPT version of things. I thought there was a couple of other words that went with the actual GPT. Oh, and in high spirits. Oh, <laughs> well, and in high spirits. And in high spirits. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> The other problem with email and letter communications that Chatty Cathy have come up is inefficiency in the drafting and revising process. I mean, you know, we are talking about things that extend out to many, many minutes of drafting something up, and we don't always have that time, the affordability of time on reception, and also the potential for misunderstandings or miscommunications with patients. How often is it that we write something so politely we fail to actually get that message across? Yeah, that's right. It really does 
make help you to make things much more clearer and deliver the message in a way that can be understood and it's professional and ticking all the boxes really. Yeah. And the, the approach changes too, give you, gives you different ideas of how to approach the communication. Yeah, and that's another good point because if you are using it and the quality of the answer will be a direct result of the quality of your questioning and what input you put into it, but also if you get an answer and you're like, oh, it doesn't quite hit the mark, ask, give me another three versions and it will give you another three versions. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I guess that's the other thing, you know, data in um, results in the quality of the data out. So the amount of explanation and things that you put in in the first instance will really make a difference to the result that you get from chat GPT. Yeah, and even if you are one of those people who have a very good way with words, it's a worthwhile process to draft your email or letter and then put it through as a proofread for ChatGPT. Can you just proofread this? Because when we create the content ourselves, we miss the little spelling errors and punctuation sometimes because we know what we're, what we're reading. Uh, however, ChatGPT <laughs> can be a great proofreader as well. So given all of that framework around email and letter creation and really helping and giving your receptionist and practice manager a wonderful tool that can really help them save time and come across very professional and friendly, that leads us to our second and third helpful ways that you can use ChatGPT in your surgery. And the second way is standard operating procedures. How long does it take? <laughs> for dental practices to populate their practice manual with standard operating procedures. Yeah, to populate any document, but standard operating procedures, it's one of those tasks. Where on earth do I start? And this can give you such an enormous baseline to work with that will just save so, so much time and give you clear, clear direction. Yeah. So you can say, you know, we're an Australian dental practice and, you know, we've got two treatment rooms and we want a standard operating procedure on a room changeover. What it gives you isn't exactly what you would be doing. It's a classic example of it's giving you that wonderful starting point to then customise it to reflect exactly what happens in your particular practice. And what Chatty Cathy came back with, with the standard operating procedure creation, is that the problems often are SOPs or standard operating procedures can be challenging to structure and word clearly. Maintaining consistency across various procedures can be tough. And ensuring all team members understand and can effectively implement them as well. And so you can start getting this theme of the way you're constructing your standard operating procedures uh, in place and everything seems to have that consistency in messaging. But uh, as you said too, you just don't know where to start. But with this, you can pop, you, you know, in the past, if I said, let's populate a dental practice, a standard operating procedure, there's 40 of them, for example. You and I would look at that and go, great, that's a week's worth of work. But through Chatty Cathy, we can have the basis of it that we then customize from. We can have the basis of it, all of those 40, probably within 10 minutes. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. And it's, yeah, it's exactly that. It's the framework and it's the almost a template to get started on big um, 
tasks like that. Yeah. And ChatGPT, and just so everyone knows what we're using, we're paying for ChatGPT4 because they're an, Chatty Cathy's an employee of ours now who only get only charges $20 a week. It's a month. It's fantastic. <laughs> but it is chat.openai.com. That's C-H-A-T, chat.openai, O-P-E-N-A-I, dot Com and you can start playing around with it, but it keeps in memory of all of your previous chats. And what I'm finding too, meaning I met, forgot to mention this to you, uh, if we've worked on a particular project that we've had Chatty Cathy's input on, then I go scroll back down to that, I go back into it a few days later and I keep typing in the same theme and asking further questions and it keeps that conversation going, which I think is fantastic. You don't have to re-enter all this pertinent information again and again and again. Yeah, it's a personal assistant. <laughs> it is a personal assistant. So the third way that you can implement ChatGPT in a very effective way into your dental practice is to start having your own branded treatment brochures that you give to your patients. And again, you know, we want to make sure we hit all the marks with our treatment brochures, you know, any if there's any risks involved and what the costs are and stepping through the, the treatment process, this is what the treatment is all about. But can you word it all, again, using UK spelling, English punctuation and grammar, and can you word it so dental patients who have no dental knowledge can clearly understand what this treatment is all about? And then you have all of your own branding on it. And we have those wonderful Australian dental association brochures that many practices have and they are tremendous however there is another layer of trust that is developed with patients when you've got your own branded stuff and you've created it yourself and there the, that's the word I'm trusting in my dental practices word not just the industry word but my dental practice with that practitioner who I trust so much these are these are their words and so again you use it as a starting point you reread the whole thing make the tweaks that you need it but all of a sudden you can create a whole series of treatment brochures for your practice branded in your colors in your imaging etc in a matter of minutes absolutely it's so important, I think, to have your own information about your procedures presented to your patients in the way that you would do it, the environment that they would be having the treatment, the type of technologies differ from practice to practice, all those sorts of things. It's just it's just glorious. It's just glorious. And so we hope we're help, helping practices to become a bit inspired about recognising how ChatGPT at the initial starting point with AI, be introducing it into your practice and how it can certainly be helpful. These sort of ideas will be coming thick and fast and Meany and I have got some, we're formulating a fantastic marketing process that can really be using GPT as a bit of a guide. So we're going to be coming back to you with even further information and ideas on how to use GPT in your surgery. But thank you so much, Meany, for giving us the first three big ways of doing it, opening everyone's eyes up to the magic of it, of Chatty Cathy. Enjoy. <laughs> See you next time. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast, then you should come along and join the club. The club is a whole library of lunch and learns with new lunch and learns being produced all the time that help your dental team gain greater success in your systems, in your team behaviors, in your patient management, in your patient engagement, in their treatment plans. They are usually around half an hour in length. And so team members can sit down, be paid for their lunch break, eat lunch while they're being inspired and delivered all of these insights and strategies that can be implemented so you all achieve greater levels of success. Also, Amina and I, my buddy from Dental Management Expertise, have a company, Dental Business Mastery, together. And our flagship online one-year course for dental practice managers and dental practice owners to learn how to very successfully manage your dental practice is available. Head over to dentalbusinessmastery.com.au to find out more information and has information about any other courses that we've got available. Also, make sure you do jump onto my website, julieparkerpracticesuccess.com.au, and you will see a whole load of free information. There are articles, the blog, downloads, templates, a whole load of things that are designed to help you overcome any specific challenge that you've got going on in your practice at the moment. If you have any suggestions of topics or guests that I can have on the podcast, please let me know. Thanks for listening.